Okay, we're on the on the road. Uh, now, Ezra, notice this. It says, this is what you'll notice in your, um, well, actually any book, uh, but uh, even Genesis in the beginning. But see, some of well, we don't have, what really, Moses wrote that. So I, I, Don't read books about the Bible. Read the Bible because you're supposed to already know the author and you trust the author, which is the Lord, you know. In the beginning, God. So that's the reason Genesis 1-1 is the beginning. And remember, I like to say, see, Jesus says the same thing because he said in the beginning he made them male and female. He didn't say, you know, evolution. You know what's interesting? When you study all these little things about evolution, uh, in other words, uh, proofs that this stuff don't work, you would have to, once you got on any evolving species, you've got to have a male and a female show up at the same time. And they have a serious problem right there. Once they finally got that ape to become a man... Well, then you need to have an ape become a woman, too, at the same time. It's, it's, it's going to be hard. Besides that, the obvious thing, you can take a four-year-old and he'll know. The ape's got what? He's got four hands. He's got hands down here and hands up here. We don't. You know. Other funny things. In the textbooks, they try to show pictures of progression, whatever. We'll get to this in a second. But they, you know, They'll try to say the dinosaurs turned into, uh, into birds. Well, the hip's backwards. That won't work. So there's some obvious things that we don't get told. But praise the Lord, when you read your Bible, we don't have to go, well, I have to be able to explain it. There's no evolution in the Bible. And Jesus said in the beginning they made a male and female. And the scriptures, what we're looking at here, these are recorded dates and times and they track back. So anyway, here we are, book called Ezra. Okay, notice during the first year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia. Well, if we've had any kind of study in high school and stuff, We've heard of Persia. We've also heard of this guy. Okay. But anyway, let me back up to where we were. There were 21 kings in Judah when after King Saul, King David, King Solomon, whew, that uh, period of, of time. Uh, and ultimately, remember, when you talk about when Jesus came, he was talking about the kingdom of God. This is the why it fits. So you've got 21 kings starting, we'll say from David, but it was actually King Saul. But King David, Solomon, Rehoboam, Abijah, Asa, Jehoshaphat. I mean, that's seven of them. I can spout off just like that. But anyway, uh, all the way down to when Nebuchadnezzar wiped them out. They all went hostages back to Babylon. Okay. But anyway... Uh, <clears throat> When, when that took place, right at the end of this, I want to back up. This is where he's in the Bible, is in chronological order, just about perfectly. I mean, it is. This is the last chapter of what was chronicled about the kings. Why was it the last chapter? <laughs> the nation was destroyed. Anyway, yeah, but you say, what about the book of Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah? They were prophesying during this time. Look at this. If you go to, uh, see, that's the end of them right there. And actually, what's funny, they came back. Anyway, so here you are, and you pick up at Isaiah. Look at verse 1. Messages came to Isaiah, son of Amos, during the visions he saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah. That was about four kings before the end, okay? Actually, about five kings. Okay. Oh, Ezekiel. He's prophesying about end time. No, he wasn't. He was not. Look at this. He was a priest. You know, remember the prophets really weren't priests. They were just like so-and-so. We even have women in the Bible. She was a tailor's, a tailor's wife. 
during King Josiah when they found the Bible and they go, oh no, we haven't been living for the Lord. So they hurried up and started cleaning up their nation and they went to this tailor, the king's tailor's wife. She was a prophet. She wasn't a Levite. She wasn't a priest. Uh-uh. And she said, well, because you've given your heart to the Lord, the disaster's not going to hit Jerusalem during your lifetime. Praise the Lord. We should not expect terrible things to happen. It's the reason some of y'all have been praying for your, you know, your grandson and your other friends and stuff like that and whatever. That's because we shouldn't be expecting these disasters to happen to us. But anyway, so anyway, notice Ezekiel. He said, I, he said this was during, uh, uh, this is when the, the Jews who were living in exile beside uh, the canal in Babylon. Where, what was that? In other words, this was right when Nebuchadnezzar had taken them off. They're over there. Okay, and then watch this. Let's look at, look at the heading of uh, Jeremiah. I passed him. Jeremiah, can you imagine what Lamentation is about? That's when Nebuchadnezzar took them all away. And, okay, it's a real short book, and it's like, oh, man, we got what we deserve. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's what that's about. Uh, so trying to apply that to yourself as a Christian today is going to be very hard. The best way to apply it is to read it, understand when it happened, and you'll go, oh, that's me. And one of my favorite things about Jeremiah is God protected Jeremiah. You have all the details. He was thrown in a sewer place. Well, it was a, um, they called it a, what they call that thing where you used to catch rainwater? Um, all that kind of, what? Yeah, sort of a well, but it was called a, it was a Cistern, yeah, they threw him in a cistern, cistern and uh, was left to die there. But he didn't stay in there but about a few hours because the guy close to the king said, you can't throw him in there, he'll die. I mean, I'm sure the king's like, well, that was the whole purpose. <laughs> but the, the guy said, he's the only one prophesying, trying to tell you the way to save your life. In other words, from Nebuchadnezzar coming in and taking over. So they went with 30 people. Fantastic. 30 people went immediately and rescued Jeremiah. Now, God already told Jeremiah, anytime you're in trouble, I am going to get you out. And that's where Jeremiah, just a few chapters earlier, said, Lord, you're about as faithful as a spring rain. Sometimes you're there and sometimes you're not. <laughs> and boy, the Lord said, I am there. I said I'll protect you. And if you don't like it, you can hit the highway. And Jeremiah said, okay, you're right, you're right. Because Jeremiah was tired of having to go tell the king, King, you're going to lose it. You're going to, you're losing everything. Jeremiah was mad that he had to, all he had to say was nothing but bad because there was nothing bad, to, I mean, there was nothing good to say about Israel at the time. They were worshiping idols and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, what'd you have? Is this before like persecution and, and like them going to Babylon? What, who's, who's brand, what king is this? Well, in, notice in this, in this one here, the, yeah, in Jeremiah here, because this is going to fit right with Ezra right here. Here it is. These are the messages to Jeremiah the priest. Notice he was, Jeremiah, he was actually a priest's son. The Hilkiah, Hilkiah was there during the time of uh, Josiah when they found that Bible. This was right at the end, okay? Really had four more kings, but it was going to be 11 years and 11 years, about 20 years left, and it was gone. Israel, the Sumerian kingdom, had already fallen. They were already gone. Anyway, the first of these messages uh, came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Ammon's son. There you go, King Ammon. He was Manasseh's son. You have Hezekiah. Hezekiah, Manasseh, and Ammon. And then Josiah. He was the one that really got things back going again for the Lord. Okay. Kings of Judah. Others during the reign of Josiah, the son of Josiah's son, Jehoiakim. Boy, he was second from the end. And various others until the 11th year reign of Josiah's son, Zedekiah. Zedekiah was the last one. He had his eyes poked out. And Zedekiah was told, Jeremiah pled with him. And Zedekiah was the one that threw him in that cistern. 
And Zedekiah, this is all stories in Jeremiah. Zedekiah secretly went down there, had a meeting with, Zed, with, with Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah cut a deal with him. I mean, well, actually, Zedekiah. But it's just how, how you have favor. Z- Jeremiah said, Zedekiah, don't throw me in that cistern again. I'm going to die down there. And guess what Zedekiah said? Okay, you can stay in the palace jail. The palace had a jail? Hey, man. And remember, they didn't have any food at this time. They were eating each other. Women were eating their kids. It was horrible. And Jeremiah's getting food from the king's table. What a prison. If you had to go to prison, wouldn't it be nice if you went to, you know, uh, at least a nice prison? Like, remember what happened to, who else do we know about prisons? We have Joseph. He went to jail and was immediately made what? He practically owned the prison in, uh, in the last part of Genesis. Well, he didn't die there. Was it a seven-year sentence and the king kept knocking it off or, or the guard kept... Was that... No, I don't recall that one. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that story is. Well, that's Jeremiah, but he didn't die. He actually survived and he actually got to stay in... in they, they let him stay in Jerusalem. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar's general called Nebuzan, Nebuchadnezzar, something like that. They were hauling everybody off to Babylon, and Nebuchadnezzar, he's the general for Nebuchadnezzar, said, Jeremiah, let me talk to you. You know why Israel bit the dust here? And Jeremiah says, yeah, I know, because Israel worshiped idols. And he said, well, the king said, Nebuchadnezzar said, you can come live with us in Babylon, or you can go back under the new governor. And, uh, and, and he said, what do you want to do? And, and Jeremiah said, well, I want to go back. So, well, help yourself. He took his chains off and everything, and, that, and that's us. Look, I want to show you uh, in, in this same time frame, because... You know, well, Jeremiah pled with Zedekiah. If he would have just turned himself in to uh, Nebuchadnezzar, there was still so much mercy and grace. God would have taken care of it. Remember the verse that says, uh, oh, well, I'll just show it to you. The verse that says, I have a plan for you. It's usually on the side of a lot of churches, you know, a plan to bless you and prosper you and all this stuff. Guess what? That was the verse that uh, Jeremiah said uh, would uh, was for... Uh, oh. Let me find where it is. Where is it at? Jeremiah is 30. Is it 30 or 31? Oh, it's 33, I think. 33 and 3. There you go. No, it's not. It's not 3. It's 33. 33.11, isn't it? Is it? Oh, that 33 and 3 is calling for me. Yeah, where, that one, it says, uh, I, I of a plant, it's 30, I think. Somebody Google it real quick. Help me out. What does it say? I have a plan, a future, and whatever. Ah, yeah, come on. I was way off. 29-11. Here we go. Okay, no, notice this. After Jeconiah, the, see, this is history. We think, Jeremiah prophesying Israel is doomed and blah, da, 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 blah. There's a history. They're actually from, uh, tw- well, there's so much blocks of history in this, and this is great. Now, remember, think about yourself being Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah 29-1. After Jeconiah, the king, the queen mother, the court officials, the tribal officers, craftsmen have been deported to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, Daniel in the lion's den, that kind of stuff. It's coming up. Jeremiah wrote a letter from Jerusalem addressing the Jewish leaders. These are the ones who are gone. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, all these people. They got kicked out. And guess what? We have the names of all the ones and the list of the numbers of folks that left. That's the reason we are really in trouble here if this stuff is lies because they sure went to a lot of details to give us the details. Jeremiah wrote, wrote him a letter addressing the Jewish elders. 
priests, prophets, and all the people. He sent a letter to Elisha, the son of this guy, this guy, son of Hilkiah. Okay. They went to Babylon as King Zedekiah's ambassadors. And this is what he said. The Lord God Almighty Israel sends this message to all the captives exiled. Matter of fact, somebody got mad at this message. Matter of fact, in this same book, they got mad at him. And they said, Jeremiah shouldn't have said that. Okay. Notice what he says. Look, look at that verse 5. Build homes. Huh? Oh, you mean we're, we're doomed. God hates us. No, he doesn't. Build homes. Plan to stay. Plant vineyards. For you will be there many years. Actually, 70 years is all it was. Marry and have children. Well, I thought it was, you know, ups and downs and you're just going to be in trouble. No, we're not. Okay. And then find mates for them. Have many grandchildren. Multiply. Don't dwindle away. And work for peace and prosperity of Babylon. Pray for her. For if Babylon has peace, so will you. Notice he said, pray for her. This is why your prayers work fine. The Lord God Almighty says, don't let the false prophets, mediums who are among you, fool you. Don't listen to their dreams. Okay. For they prophesy lies in my name. Boy, that goes on today. People say, well, the Lord's this and the Lord's this. It just goes under a different thing. Okay. I've not sent them, says the Lord. The truth is, you're going to be in Babylon. Look at that. Seventy years. You got to remember that. God knew 70 years. Do you remember that when God made a deal with Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, he said, your kids, your grandkids are going to wind up in slavery for 450 something years, something like that. And then he said, I'm going to bring them out. That was the Lord when he brought them out with Moses from Egypt. Okay, that, This actually is going to happen. This is why it's got something to do with Ezra here in a moment. We'll go back. But then I will come and do all the good things I promised and bring you home. For I know, here it is, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Wow. When you pray, I will listen. Anyway. So, uh, <clears throat> and when you find me and you seek, when you seek for me, if you look for me in earnest, you know, praise the Lord. That's where that came from. Okay. So, let's go back now to... Uh, See, all, it's, that's what's so funny. Even though Chronicles, actually, literally, the history recorded kind of quits here. All of a sudden, we have this thing called Ezra and Nehemiah. What happened is, they went off to Babylon, but it was only 70 years, and here they do. They, here they come. They came right back. Jeremiah was up in here. Isaiah was, Isaiah prophesied, he was King Hezekiah's. That was eight kings before the end. So that's the reason you have all those books. But they're prophesying about that time frame. But they also say some things about our Lord. Uh, anyway. Uh, okay, so here we go. Let's go to Ezra. And I want to back up just a second here and notice why. Look, here's the end of this. Zedekiah gets killed. This is the end of it. He brought the king of Babylon against them, killed their young man, went right into the temple, had no pity, killed the, the, young, the young girls and the old men, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, God used the king of Babylon to destroy them completely. He also took all, with him all the homes. Anyway, it was just a horrible situation. You say, well, my God, why does the Lord do that? This was a deal that was struck. Mount of blessing, mount of cursing. And one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me. They were breaking that like crazy. They hauled into the temple a day gone. I mean, you're supposed to, this is supposed to be holy, and you had to go through certain ceremonies and whatever. The holy of holies were back there. And silly King Manasseh brought in a horrible idol in there. I can do what I want to. Whew. 
Don't you remember King Asa? King Asa got haughty. He was a good king, though. He got proud toward the end, and he thought, I'll go into the Holy Holies. So he just strolled in there. Eighty priests went after him and told him to get out of there, and he was burning incense, probably some strange incense that he learned. Remember what happened? He's in there. These 80 priests were begging him to get out of there. And they ran it. The scripture says they were brave. They charged in there and they grabbed him. And all of a sudden, King Asa right in his forehead, leprosy started to break out. And it said he was in a hurry to get out after that. <laughs> he hotelled and got out of there. And he lived as a leper from then on. And his son, that was Asa. Hmm. Oh, Jehoshaphat was right after that. Took off. He was the king after that. <clears throat> but anyway, wow. So, uh, but anyway, so uh, God had cut a deal with them. If you will worship me, I'll protect you, all these great things. But if you fall for these other idols and stuff, you're going to be in trouble. So anyway, matter of fact, the Lord, Jeremiah wrote about this, Isaiah did too. He said people are going to say, wow, what happened to, they're going to go, what a beautiful place. What happened to this place? And everybody will reply, because, Egypt, because Israel worshipped idols. Remember, they were throwing their kids to the fire no, and no telling what else they were doing. All, the judges weren't being fair. It was horrible. Okay. Anyway, those who survived were taken to Babylon as slaves to the king and his sons until the reign of, to the king of Persian uh, conquered Babylon. Thus the word of the Lord. Look at that. Was spoken through Jeremiah came true. Now remember, we're in Chronicles. This is why the people that put the Bible together, they put it together. All this was related. Everything that was spoken from Jeremiah came true. The land must rest for 70 years to make it for the 70 years the people refused to uh, keep the Sabbath. But now here we go. But in the first year of the king of Cyrus of Persia, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, that was the king, to make this proclamation uh, throughout throughout his kingdom. Now notice what he did. All kingdoms of earth have been given to me by the Lord God of heaven. See, Cyrus was smart, just like Nebuchadnezzar got smart too. He found out, you know, that's the Lord. Remember, he had to go out there and graze like a cow in the fourth chapter, no, the third chapter of, of Daniel, because he thought, you know, I did this myself. And Daniel came in there and said, King, listen, you had a dream? Because he had another dream, he didn't know what it was. And, and Daniel said, King, I hate to tell you it's going to happen to you. I wish it would happen to somebody else, but it's going to happen to you. You're going to lose your mind for seven years, and you're going to be out there grazing in the pasture. Well, that third chapter, when that story happened, it was Nebuchadnezzar telling what wonderful thing happened. He said, man, I lost my mind, but the Lord gave it back to me, and I got my kingdom back. And he makes this proclamation, there's no God other than the God of the Jews. And that's what this guy's saying. Cyrus, he said, man, all the kingdoms of the earth have been given unto me by the Lord. And he's instructed me to build him a temple in Jerusalem. That's because Solomon's was destroyed, burned to the ground. All of you among, uh, yeah, he says, all of you who are the Lord's people uh, are to return to Israel for this task, and the Lord be with you. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Look at this. This also fulfilled the prediction of Jeremiah the prophet. All right, here we go. So here it is. Ezra, during the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled Jeremiah's prophecy. Now, this was a different writer. Where'd they get this book from? Well, history's history. They were not writing lies. And this is where somebody picked up with this. Okay, giving, given by the king, uh, king Cyrus uh, the desire to send the proclamation throughout his empire, he put it into permanent record of the realm. Cyrus, king of Persia, hereby announced that Jehovah, the God of heaven, who gave me all my vast empire, has now given me the responsibility of building him a temple. You know, this is just amazing. You know, God is... He's... 
you know, even though things went down, all of a sudden, turn around, come right back. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, and I wanted to point out too, notice this. He said, oh, look at that. He put it in the permanent records. I mean, these people were not idiots back then. They had kingdoms. They had records and stuff like that. Sometimes today, like I say, I've said it many times, we think people didn't keep any records. Well, if anybody's not keeping records, it's probably you and I. <laughs> we're not writing stuff down, you know, maybe. Okay, so the, uh, let's see, here we go. Uh, all Jews throughout the kingdom may now return to Jerusalem and rebuild this temple of Jehovah, who is the God of Israel and of Jerusalem. Now, what's interesting is through all those prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, they told them, you're going back, you're going back. And it looked like there's no way we're going back. There is no way we're going back. Oh, yeah, you're going back. Let me show you an interesting thing about going back. First off, this is the king of the whole world. Proclamation, all Jews everywhere can go back. Let me show you just a few weeks prior to this, how it all melts together here. Look at this. Daniel. Let's go to nine. It was now in the reign of King Darius, the son of Ahasuerus. This was during that time frame. Remember, there were four kingdoms, the Medes and the Persians, whatever. Okay, in the fourth year of Israel, I, Daniel, learned from the book of Jeremiah. Where did he get that book? <laughs> he probably knew Jeremiah. And said, I need a copy of that. I want a copy of that book. Matter of fact, Jeremiah, if you'll remember reading Jeremiah, Jeremiah was in prison one time and he said, hey, one of his buddies, he said, write this down. And that guy was writing down the prophecies. That's the reason it all fits together. He wrote them down. Jerusalem must lie desolate for... Now, how did he know 70 years? It was because they were told that. And boy, I mean, by golly, God got him out of there. He said, time's up. Come on back. And all of a sudden, a king... And see, today we are so... We, are so, we think... It is no such thing as God, really. It's just we're lucky. We're just, I'm just a Christian. I don't want to say God doesn't even... You have these blessings. Nobody can stop them. You, know, you can stop them with your unbelief, but we're not going to do that. So anyway, he's, he said, Jeremiah the prophet said, the land must lie desolate for 70 years. So I earnestly pleaded with the Lord, watch this, to end our captivity... And send us back to our own land. We're just now reading. Cyrus said, proclamation, alert the media, all Jews everywhere. Don't you know Daniel was like, yep, just like God. Praise the Lord. Daniel was in this bunch that went back with Ezra. We're not going to get time to get there. But he was in the group that got to go back. As I prayed and fasted and wore rough sackcloth. And we talked about that okra and stuff. So he was trying to show sorry, whatever, sorrowful. He said, I sprinkle myself with ashes and confess my sins and those of the people. Oh, Lord, I pray you are great and awesome God. You always fulfill your promises of mercy to those who love you and keep your laws. Now, remember, he was reading Jeremiah, and Jeremiah said, I have a plan for you in the future. You know, while you're in Babylon, build houses, get married, don't dwindle down. Work for your new king, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm going to bring you back. Anyway. Listen to the, he says, we've refused to listen to your servants, the prophets. This was a bad thing. Whom you sent again and again down through the years. That's what you learn in the Chronicles and the Kings. Stupid kings, the good kings, stupid kings, good kings. Anyway, with your messages to our kings and princes, all people. Oh Lord, you're righteous. But as for us, we are always shamefaced with sin. 
just as you see us now. Yes, all of us, the men of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, and all Israel scattered near and far wherever you've driven us because of our disloyalty to you. But what happened? A national, everybody come back. Oh, just, it's just amazing. Anyway. Scattered near and far because you've driven us because of our disloyalty. Oh, Lord, we and what? And our, let's see, I think it's family. Yeah, our kings and princes and fathers are weighed down with shame because of our sins. But, Lord, but the Lord our God is merciful and pardons even those who rebelled against him. Wow. Oh, Lord, we've disobeyed you. We've flouted all the laws you've given us through your servants, the prophets. All Israel's disobeyed. We've turned away from you and haven't listened to your voice. And so the awesome curse of God has crushed us. Yeah, that's because that was the deal. You serve me, you're blessed. You don't serve me, you're going to be cursed. You worship these other gods, you're going to go out fast. Notice says the curse written in the law of Moses, your servants. You've done exactly what you warned us about. For never in all history has there ever been a disaster. See, there it is, that happened at Jerusalem. But see, God did that for a reason. He's just a sign out there. I don't believe in God. Oh, really? Wow. Anyway, all the disasters, the evils he predicted all come true. But even so, we still refuse to satisfy the Lord our... Oh, he said, but even so, we still refuse to satisfy the Lord our God by turning from our sins and doing right. And so the Lord deliberately crushed us with a calamity he prepared. Okay. All right. Uh, He's fair in everything he does. But we would not obey. Oh, Lord, your God, you brought us, you brought lasting honor to your name by removing your people from Egypt. Look at this. Watch this. Here we go. Now, remember, this is a prayer. And Daniel's not like going, I I, I smoke weed. I don't know what happened in the past. Daniel is reciting history. He's, look what he's going to say. He's going to say, you brought the Israelites out of Egypt. And guess what he's going to say? Do it again. And that's what he's going to do. He says, uh, you brought lasting honor to your name by removing your people from Egypt in a great display of power. Look at that. Do it again. And he did. Wow. Mercy. Matter of fact, if if we keep reading here, uh, notice he says, oh God, hear my prayer. Listen, I pray. Let your face shine again with peace and joy uh, 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 upon your desolate sanctuary. Uh, he said, oh, bend down your ear and listen, okay? And, uh, oh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, look at this. This is where they, and I use this, I didn't know what was going on. I use this scripture. Even while I was praying, Gabriel showed up. Gabriel? He's the one that announced the birth of Jesus, talked to Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad, said, hey, you're going to have a son finally. Gabriel, whom I seen in earlier vision, he threw swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice and said to me, Daniel, I'm here to help you understand God's plans. And he said, from the moment you began praying, I was sent. Wow. 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 Okay. Now let me go back to Ezra just a second. Because we'll have to cover this at another time. But let me, let's, oops, got to go back the other way. Okay. So now you've got a tie between the last king and Daniel. Remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, that story was with Nebuchadnezzar. So he was the one that knocked off the last kings, actually several of them. Okay, back to Ezra. I want to point something out here. So here's Ezra. So all of a sudden, at that exact time, this king says, all Jews everywhere may go back. Wow, may his blessings rest upon you. Those Jews who do not go should contribute toward the expenses of those who do and supply them with clothing, transportation, 
Oh my goodness, gee whiz. The Lord gave a great desire to the leaders of the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, the priests, the Levites to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. They did. Remember the next book's Nehemiah, building of the what? The wall, all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Cyrus himself donated. Look at this. It was the gold bowls and the cups that were taken by Nebuchadnezzar. Remember the handwriting on the wall? They said, hey, let's go. Let's have a drink tonight. Let's go get the gold bowls from Israel. So they got the gold bowls and there it was Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. And they're drinking and all of a sudden, this hand was on the wall. Tinky, tinky, far, far, whatever it was. Which meant basically you're going to bite the dust, you know. And it scared them. Anyway, so here comes these gold bowls going back. And other valuables which King Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple. You know, the Bible is so small. It's really much smaller than you ever thought. But I tell you, every one of us in this room, there's a strong temptation for us not to read our Bibles. But it's food for us. It's life to those that find it and help all their flesh. I'm telling you, it's just so simple. It's like deciding, I'm not going to go without breakfast. You know, and you eat breakfast. If you don't eat a meal, if you don't eat lunch, you don't eat breakfast, you don't eat dinner, you're going to start feeling it. It's just amazing. You read your Bible personally, whether it's while you're in the bathroom or while you're at a red light or something, or sometimes just have access to your Bible whatever, and read it. You'll be amazed at the blessing of the Lord that takes place. Okay, let me finish up with a little point right here we see here. Okay, so anyway, he instructed, notice this, this guy, the treasure of Persia, to present these gifts to these guys. Look at this. The items were donated. We're not going to read. Look at all that. Okay, that's chapter 1, uh, Ezra 2. Here were the leaders that came by that noticed there was Nehemiah. That's the guy in the next book. Look who that fella is. Wonder where we've heard him before. Hello, Esther. Okay, and here's all these recorded people. They all came back. That's going to wipe out that, uh, that chapter, I think, real quick. Let's see. All those people. These were descendants of Solomon's officials. Wow, temple assistants. Another group. Look who all came back. Uh, let's see. Now, interesting enough, watch this. The subclans of the priests. Now, these are priests. You couldn't be a priest unless you were a Levite. And you actually, actually, it's more than that. You had to be a descendant of Aaron. These guys, these guys, daughters of such and such, they took the family name. They returned to Jerusalem. But they had lost their genealogies. Now, wait a minute. We're making up the Bible. This is fairy tales and stuff. So let's not talk about that because that, no, see, this is literal history. They lost their genealogies, and the leaders refused to allow them to continue. Thank God I remember who my grandmother is. <laughs> Although I can't remember what her grand my grandmother's, he died before uh, when I was born. My, my mom's side, what his, the husband's name was, grandpa's name was. But, you know, these guys here had them written down. They knew, you know. Anyway, they would not even allow them to eat the priest's share of the food from the sacrifices until the Urim and Thummim, sort of a dice-like thing, they roll the dice and see whether it falls to them, was consulted to find out from God whether they were actually descendants or not. So the total of 42,000, that's like, if we say Huntsville's 200,000, Southeast Huntsville just got to go back to Jerusalem. You know, wow. A quadrant of our city. They took with them, wow, look at the choir members. They look at the slaves. Look at the camels. Wow, all these wonderful things. Oh, oh. anyway, I wanted to get to another thing, but I don't get something. Oh, here we go. Look at this. Uh, so when they got in the, in the month of September, they got to Judah. Uh, they returned to Judah from Jerusalem, from their homes and their towns. And then this guy and this guy, okay, they, they rebuilt the altar. Man, it was broken down. This is just a temporary thing. Uh, the altar was built on the old side. It was used immediately. Notice this. Look at that phrase. Morning. An evening sacrifice. That's the reason we shouldn't have any condemnation. We should know 
I see the smoke from the tabernacle over there working. Praise the Lord. And we as Christians, Jesus has died for our sins. We don't need to be thinking, you know, well, I, I, I think God's probably hacked off with me. <laughs> Do you think Jesus took back his death on the cross? No, he didn't take back his death on the cross. Jesus said, if you don't believe that I'm he, you're going to die in your sins. It's just cut and dry. It's not swimming in the ocean. doing. All it's, it's believing that I am he or you're going to die in your sins. Wow. Anyway, notice this. Look at that phrase here. and We'll stop here because that's enough. For the Lord, I mean, for the people were fearful of attack. But they saw the sacrifices going. They go, whew, we're going to be all right. And they were going to be all right. Remember, King Hezekiah had a whole army. Who was he? Cicero, oh, and Cicero, what was his name? Uh, anyway, uh, Syria. Um, they were, he was from uh, Assyria is who came. I can't think of his name. Oh, Cyrus, not Cyrus. But anyway, he was going to destroy Jerusalem. And Hezekiah was in Jerusalem above the wall. And, and that guy was making what we studied last week. You know, he said, you, don't you listen to Hezekiah. We're, and there's no king. There, no, there's no God ever been able to stop me. Oh, but they did. Praise the Lord. Okay, well, we're done here. We better stop. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. You kept your word and brought these people back to Jerusalem, just like you said. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for hurting financially. You'll fix that too. Praise the Lord. And if it's anything we've not even mentioned today, but we just need help on something, Lord, you'll fix that. Oh, you're the great God of all the earth and all heaven. You've made everything. Is there anything too hard for you? No, nothing too hard. So, Lord, we're just going to go tell other people what you've done for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, amen. Praise the Lord.